This is the Matrix Minute. Philip apologizes, Scott. <laughs> Whoa. Welcome. It's Friday, the Matrix Minute. And um, with us is Scott Corelli once again, I think for the final time, for now. But yes, he's here. Hello, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Hooray. Yeah. Yes. And Tim of and course with me too. is, yeah, Tim and Jake. I and Jake. I just wanted to say that I have my trivia and my trivia is that we have more than one connection to Commando in this film. Wait, 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 wait. What's the first one? Well, the first one Matrix. is obviously that John Matrix okay. is the is Matrix. John <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> All of this is happening in John Matrix's head. Don't you know this, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's or, what he dreams. No. When John Johnny Wink goes to bed, <laughs> the Matrix awaits. This is he dreams. And sincerest apologies to everybody because we usually have a routine where we actually ask our guests at the beginning of like the week that they're on uh, what. The Matrix is, means to them and how they got introduced to it, and I completely All of us forgot completely about forgot. it. We're terrible. So, Scott, this will be like, instead of it being like at the beginning, it's like the climax of our... Maybe it's even better. Yeah, of our, of our story. So you can say, what does the Matrix uh, mean to you, and uh, how were you introduced to it? Uh, so I was 14 years old when it came out, and um, I remember that... I think I, I, I must've seen a trailer, but I think I only saw that teaser trailer that was basically just the mirror thing. It like opened with like the mirror. I think, yes, on him I saw whatever. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so it was a very simple trailer. And I remember at the time, just not, like, I, I didn't really know Keanu Reeves or if I did, like, I just knew him as Ted. Theodore Logan. Um, <laughs> and that was basically it. And and so it didn't really do anything for me. And my dad at the time, I would go see movies with him a lot. And um, there was there there were a few movies that he dragged me to go see that I was like, I don't really don't want to go see this, but I guess I'll go because you're my dad. Um <laughs> and uh one of those was Gross Point Blank, which was ended up, you know, being one of my favorite movies. Another one was this movie, uh, which he was like, We have to go see The Matrix. And I was like, I don't that weird mirror wonderland <laughs> movie. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know, whatever. Um, and so he was like, no, 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 we're going to go see it. It's going to be good. And so uh, we went and saw it. And I remember when it ended, I basically just turned to my dad and was like, can you buy me a ticket so I can watch it again right now? Ooh, um, wow. and, and he did. And so I oh, went awesome. right back in and I watched it a second time in a row. That's awesome. Sick, um, dude. And, uh, and, and yeah, so I just, I, this movie, I mean, you know, it blew my little 14 year old brain apart. Um, I didn't think at the time, I didn't think a movie could be cooler than Blade. Uh, Blade. <laughs> at yeah, the time. I was going to ask, um, like, what, what, what then, was the movie yeah. that was, like, compared to, like, what was the, the big movie at that time before you saw The Matrix? Um, before I saw The Matrix, the movie that I was the most obsessed with was probably Scream and Blade. Yeah, okay. Um, those are, like, the two movies that I, I watched all the time. And then uh, the matrix uh, once that came out on DVD, like that became part mm -hmm. of my cycle where I, I would watch, I, I probably watched this first matrix. I mean, a couple hundred times um, through, uh, you know, the end of middle school and my freshman year, uh, because I would, I would, when I would go get home from school, I would just put on a movie and just, watch it like three times in a row while I was like also doing other mm -hmm. things, right. you know? Um, it was like my version of listening to music is like, I would just put a movie on. Yeah. 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 Um, 
and the matrix was definitely one of those one of those movies and so i watched it i mean hundreds of times um and by the time the sequels came around like i don't i i couldn't have possibly been more amped oh, yeah. for those sequels uh because of how much i loved this movie um oh. and uh yeah i mean it, it really just sort of um I, I don't know. Like it, you know, I was, I was at a point where I was just starting to sort of get into the idea that I wanted to make movies for a living and seeing the world building that was going on in this movie. I mean, that, that sort of concept of, of world building and, and how to build sort of like your own universe inside of a movie. Like I, I had, you know, I, I'd obviously seen things like star Wars and stuff before, but I hadn't ever really thought about, the process it would take to do something mm-hmm. like that. And so I think the matrix um, just started sort of, I don't know, freeing my mind um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and making me sort of, um, you know, try and, and, and create stories and, and things for, um, I don't know, stories on a larger scale, I think than I had ever uh, at the time. So like my, mm. my early, my late middle school, early high school, like it was all, you know, Scream, Blade, <laughs> The Matrix, and mm-hmm. Buffy. Uh, that was like my ah, world. A lot nice. of the leather trench coat, trench coats. <laughs> yeah, a lot of leather trench coats. Yeah, <laughs> that's for awesome. Sure. Now, here's your question, Scott. Now, you mentioned uh, on the podcast that you did some uh, movies of your own. Have you ever tried when The Matrix came out to make sort of like emulate the Matrix movies? Or oh no. No, no. I think I found it too intimidating. Um, <laughs> really, you were smart enough. I, yeah, like I, I, I definitely made, I, I definitely made like films with my my friends. But I mean, the other thing too, you know, I didn't have, um, I didn't have people in my life like like you guys did, where you know you were all just as excited as as each other to make these things. Mm-hmm. So like when I was like, hey friends, let's make a movie, and they're like, what? What are you oh, talking about? Man. Like why? Oh, what are you? What? Guys, yeah. Um. So I would I would make things, but they would all get pretty bored pretty fast, and then move on and want to do Let's something else. So oh, yeah. so circumstantial. Yeah. 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 Circumstantial. Yeah. What can you do? You need you need a crew to make I that know, stuff. So right. like yeah. you know. Yeah, need your... I did my best with my action figures, but that only took me so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that too. Did you like stop motion stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I did some stop motion awesome. stuff and um things like that. I try to I I um I try I would try to uh recreate stuff from movies with the action figures, like just to see if I could do it. Yeah, um, nice. So but the truth I would, is I would you know, do stuff like yeah, that. You had action figures, Phil had us, but I'm pretty sure your action figures <laughs> acted better than us, probably. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. And probably you did Well, they wouldn't mess up the lines, that's Yeah, for sure. and they did exactly yeah. what you wanted. Unlike uh <laughs> we, we would argue with you, say no. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was very democratic. Totally. Um, in our in our case. <laughs> So yeah, wow! Thank you. That's pretty. That is that's pretty yeah, interesting. That's, that's, that's pretty good. By the way, I have to say, just as a disclaimer, my favorite Marvel character is Blade. So, yeah, fair yeah. enough. There. Did, cool. did we talk about the story of Blade? Yeah, I think we did. I, I feel think so we did. proud to uh, yeah. yeah being the Tim. Instigator. Not only introduced us. Well, you didn't. You didn't introduce us to the Matrix so much, Tim. That our than our no, older yeah, yeah, cousin that's did. My, that's but, my brother. But you did introduce us to Blade, and we we're like, "Oh, it's really dark. I want you. Too scared." Yeah, and I had no idea because where I grew up, there was no ratings. So I was like, "What do you mean, yeah. rated R?" No, because you guys asked, like, "What kind of movie is it? Like, what, what's the rating?" And I'm like, uh, what, "What does that mean? It's like it's R, PG." I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." 
It's like, there's, there's their blood, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> you gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we ended up watching it, though, and we liked it. Oh yeah, we liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, welcome to Minute 47. This is the real Minute 47. What huh. happens? Wow. Well, what happens is... I love scaring Phil into... <laughs> <laughs> I know every time someone asks me to do something, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, minute 47. In the morning on the ship, Tank opens the door to Neo's room and tells him that he will be his operator, and that because he has no holes on his body, that he's a genuine child of Zion, born free. Neo learns about Zion, that it's underground, the last human city, and Tank is excited to see if Morpheus is right about Neo's abilities. Beautiful. Yep. Genuine child of Zion. So- Tank. Tank is here. Tank is here. New challenger. So, Tank appears, and he starts talking. I have to say, before we say anything else, because it's a wide shot, we see his whole costume. It's a pretty cool costume. And I have to say that, like, mm-hmm. Kim Barrett, who's the costume designer, and I think her style is pretty specific to stuff like this, when she designs stuff that is a little bit out of the ordinary, like, especially for fantasy. And... Just wanted to mention a little bit about Kim Barrett because she's great. And um, so she's an Australian costume designer. And uh, she also did movies such as, like, at the beginning, um, Romeo plus Juliet, which is the uh, Baz Luhrmann version, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, Le- Leonardo. Yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You say the one with Leonardo, and I keep thinking the one with John Leguizamo. <laughs> 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 and it is. And she also did Gothica and Green Hornet, Speed Racer, of course, Cloud Atlas, of course. And um, and Scott, here's a connection for you. And I'm sure you probably know this, but um, she has a pretty distinct style. And... Um, mm-hmm. And she also um, did the costume for the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay. So, um, so it's I don't I didn't know that. I'm sure I'll learn about it. You know, two or three years from now. Oh yeah, when you guys are tackling that. Oh, may God be with you. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) that's right. And um, I really think uh, that her style is uh, very noticeable when you look into this movie called uh, Aragon. Which, <laughs> mm. <laughs> sorry, Jake was laughing in the background. I was just, sorry. I just wanted to say that you the, know, the dragon, is that the dragon movie, movie? Yeah. the dragon movie, the, the dragon movie. But I just felt like uh, the biggest thing that sort of struck me by that film is that um, uh, the costumes were uh, very unique uh, compared to other kind of Lord of the Rings clones that happened, uh, you know, around that decade, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Narnia, for example. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. talk about that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she has a unique flavor, and I think that she's pretty great, and I think this movie really does a good job. Yeah. She's really good at um, the sort of... Uh, you can just make these guys into silhouettes, all these characters in this movie, and you can point at the silhouette and know who is who, and that's right. a really impressive thing for a costume designer to be able to do, yeah. to be able to... You know, if, if I just saw a silhouette of Tank, I could look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's Tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Totally. Honestly, especially Phil, I thought you were what? going to say that she designed that chainmail that Bennett wears in Commando. Because you were saying. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Her first that's, that's I very, wish. <laughs> that's very Matrixy. <laughs> so um, Tank comes in and he goes, did you sleep? And he was like, no. And he's like, you will tonight. I guarantee it. And um, mm. I just want to 
emphasize that um, that line there because it's a great delivery because um, you pretty much know half of who Tank is just because of how he says that and what he says. Mm-hmm. And so you already know half of um, his personality, more or less. And um, he also goes like, I'm Tank, I'll be your operator. And is that is that... It's like kind of like a little joke or something like that, like a little inside joke. Is like I'll be your operator tonight. You know, it's like I'll be your server tonight. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, he is the operator though on the phones. So true. He could true. just mean. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the operator thing, I would like to say, you know, what he's saying that he will sleep that night. That's a general good advice for life as well. If you are having trouble sleeping, uh, start running or exercising in the evening. You will sleep like a baby. Oh man! Especially if you have like a job, it's like a desk or anything that just works so much better than Thomas Anderson definitely does. Yep, yep, or did Mm -hmm. he? Now, now he learns how to how to how to sleep and not hack those uh, news clips of uh, Morpheus. Yeah, but it is kind of cool that um, um, Tank is introduced. Like his first shot is a wide shot. That's nice. That is true. Mm -hmm. And his little steampunky pants. His little steampunky <laughs> pants. But Neo's boots keep Punk stealing pants. the show all the time. It's true. They're so rad. I, I just love how much they look like anime characters. I just think that's so cool. It's, yeah, man. Like you can I don't know I don't know how they this. I don't know how they're doing that. I don't know what exactly it is that they're doing that makes them feel so much like anime characters. Right. But I think um, again it's just it's a working. thing where like, you it's know It's a subconscious thing. Yeah, if they're so influenced by something mm-hmm. or or into something, I think that's just gonna seep into how they create stuff and i think they wouldn't even know how to explain it yeah how you direct it it's just mm-hmm. it's just the way it goes you yeah know, it's like i need it to look like this and it's like you can give reasons for it superficially but then um in the end it's always like it's all about the feel yeah in the end you can look at it and people mm-hmm. will watch it and they'll be like oh yeah that looks like an anime mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah you're right yeah. and you know the filmmaker himself would be like <laughs> right. or herself would be like you're right i didn't even think of that exactly. but like it's just came out of your subconscious yeah and we're recording um, this in 2017, where uh, a, a remake of an anime that's that was an anime that inspired this movie, you know, Ghost in oh Shell, was made. Yeah. And I haven't seen the movie, but I did see some shots and I did see some comparisons, which is obviously a adaptation of an anime. And they did try <laughs> to sort of capture yeah. the look. And I didn't see the whole movie; I just saw the shots. And I, you know, they didn't manage to catch it. They did make it look magical and stuff, but I think. And people were saying like, well, which which one, you know, captured? I think what you're saying is right. Matrix did capture it because it is the nuances that you don't really necessarily uh, see at, a, at the first glance. But if you analyze the frames and look at it, they are the visceral, the real world adaptation of those anime frames because they have that grit of of, uh, of real life. In, and But they, you're right. These shots are like plucked out of an animation, like the yeah. you know, big movie mm-hmm. animes. It's awesome. You know what it is. You know what I think it might be um, is that the backgrounds in the Matrix, like everything that is in the background, the sort of mise en scène or whatever, is very deep, very overly detailed. Where there's just there's detail there that isn't even really necessary, but it's there, and so the background is just filled with all of this detail. Because I mean, they use Jeff Darrow as their their artist um, to design a lot of this stuff. And 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 Jeff Darrow is a really detailed guy with his backgrounds and things, but then the characters are actually kind of simple yes. in the yeah. frame and in he, comparison. And so it gives them sort of an animated quality. Yeah. 
where the background is very detailed, but the characters that are moving around in the frame are more simplistic. Yeah, like Neo has that has something to do with that subconscious thing. That's right. Yeah, like perfect sense because, like, if you compare like Eastern to Western animation, the emphasis in Eastern is on the movements of the body and then the details in the background, while on the Western ones, Mm -hmm. mostly on the emotions and on the face. While here in the Matrix, mm-hmm. no one shows a lot of emotions. Everyone delivers their lines very dry as far as they hmm. face, which is very yeah. close to anime, you know, because n- no one's showing emotion unless it goes crazy, you know, like when they go like, ah, you know, and the face like right. completely changes. <laughs> but anytime there's a serious dialogue, they just like open their mouth and they're just like looking very serious. And that mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of was very so similar to what the Matrix is. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. There's actually, I mean, there's really only one character in this that I think breaks that mold, but I think that's on purpose because of what that character does in the movie. The um, Oracle? No, no, Cypher. <laughs> oh. Cypher. Um, I, I, I think Cypher is really uh, animated and yeah. Hmm, yeah. way more of like an American kind of character. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he's doing things that are weird, like when he's you know, like straddling Trinity later and like stuff <laughs> yeah. like, like where, where it's just, it's, it's just a weird thing. It's a thing you would never see in an anime, but he doesn't belong here. So it makes sense That's that great. he would be breaking that. Yeah. But it, even if really I think about it, there thing. is usually sometime like a crazy, he's not the bad guy, but he is the helper of the bad guy. Like the, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, like the sidekick of, of the enemy, mm-hmm. they're usually very sort of crazy and stuff like that enemy. You know, I'm, I'm thinking right. of like, even just like shows, like all, you know, in, in, in Dragon Ball, sorry, this is com- bad com- comparison. But hey man, there's time, some crazy Dragon Ball influences later on, I'll yeah. tell you about those. But you know, like uh, like uh, Krillin and all these characters, they're very sort of weird, mm-hmm. like they're bad, but they're not like... They're, you, they're a bit human and they're crazy and they're wacky and they like show all these crazy faces so yeah that could be like tied into the mm-hmm. cypher that's yeah, pretty cool sure. so neo um asks well, like when they shake hands he's like you got no uh holes he's asking a question again there you go jacob yeah, it is <laughs> and he's like you know holes nope i'm grown yeah Hol- Chala Zion. yep do any of you guys think it's interesting that they chose homegrown zion humans to be operators well, yeah, because they don't have to get in. Yeah, or they can't. Yeah, can't oh yeah, I guess even. that's yeah. true. Fair enough. It's like, yeah. I mean, it yeah. is kind what of gonna do? sad in a way. You can't really ever but, enter the Matrix, like, right? But I mean, the not way sad. But I'm just saying, it's just like Morpheus talks about it. Maybe they just think it's like pure evil. They never, they never, they never even experience those constructs. They don't, they don't know what the hell know, it is about. Except Morpheus goes, yeah. bad, 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 bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I also think there's this element also of like it's sort bad. of, you know, being proud of being, like you can tell when Tank's talking, he's proud, yes, he's proud of definitely. being 100% not just escaped. He actually was born. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> well, if they, so, so here's a thought. If they, if they freed all the people from the Matrix, would there, would there be people on either side who would be racist toward the other side totally like you're weird. not real human like the oh, tribalism yeah. you know, probably like, yeah. would be uh, prejudices or something like they're not yeah. like genuine right. they're you like have they're the just toilets for the ones with the holes and without the holes oh man there. <laughs> I don't want to look at your disgusting body in my precious eye oh, man <laughs> but the funny thing is that I'm trying to remember would be something like that 
with him mentioning Zion, trying to remember what I thought the Zion was before I ever saw the sequels, because now I just see those dancing people. Touch, yeah, like, I was going to ask you guys other. that. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember right, because right. it was a lot more... Uh, the cave rave. Yeah. yeah. I just like like mold people, mold, mold, mold people, mold like people. underground, like yeah. really low light, just like everyone looking scruff, like, oh, we're the last humans. <sighs> I never like thought in, of it like being magical or like high tech. Yeah, like the future in Terminator 1 where Kyle Reese is walking mm. around and you just see those kids and it looks like they're watching t- TV, but then the shot goes to the, you know, to the reverse and you can see yeah. that they're just warming themselves. <laughs> or the For some reason, I... For some reason, I always pictured like a real city that had somehow sort of like crumbled underground, and so they're like living in the mm. ruins. Um, yeah, I think I also something, like, something um, like that as well earlier. Yeah, something like uh, beneath the planet of the apes. You know? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I think is what I pictured. Yeah, I, yeah. I never really knew exactly until obviously, because these are things later. that they sort of just put into the movie as. Um, like they they still make it very cryptic. It's not yeah. It's not like a specific. But I thing. like this because again we have another layer coming into the story it's where flavor, suddenly flavor we, we we think we're on the ship and we think maybe there's other ships. There's people sort of scattered around. We that's what we think maybe. But I think when we're explained that there's also like a city, I think that's cool because then you start again. You're like realizing there's more to this mm-hmm. uh, world than than just uh, what we found out so far. Indeed. What's this? Uh, what's the actor playing Tank? What's his name? Marcus Chong. And um, uh, his, uh, oh man, his his performance on these lines, he's just giving it hundred and ten percent. They're is. very musical, like like the way that he says, like you know, um, I was born right here, homegrown human. Yeah. Like just like the way he says it is just so yeah. musical. Old it'll get like stuck in my head. You know? human. Totally. Oh, right here. Yeah, right. He's, he's like a funky uh, preacher, you know, and like a Baptist uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, he takes it from Morpheus, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Morpheus should learn a thing from him. Maybe people, he'll he could, be yeah. able to reach Liven more people. Liven up his sermons. Yeah. yeah, unplugging more people. Get a little bit of yeah. groove in his... Yeah, talking. totally. But yeah, it's so true. His, his line's just a great job, I think. Marcus Chong, I just wanted to mention something because, like I said, there were more than a few connections to Commando. Okay. And, uh, you know, Marcus Chong, he's from Seattle, so that's pretty cool. cool. Um, Mm. He was adopted in 1978 by Tommy Chong, who's uh, known for Cheech and Chong, uh, the comedy duo. Really? Yeah. No way. way. Okay. And uh, holy adopted father is the other one, right? Uh, Tommy. Tommy Chong. And yeah, and he started doing acting as a kid, and he was featured in stuff like Little House in the Prairie. No way. Uh, just in one episode, oh, though. Okay. But yeah, and uh, a movie about the Black Panther Panther Party in 1995, and some uh, and some other kinds of films. But then, of course, he played Tank eventually, and this is why we're here, which is why we're here. And I wanted to say that he's half-brother to Ray Don Chong, who... Was the co-lead in Commando. Whoa. That's awesome. You know, the flight attendant girl. Yeah, what was her name? Half half brother or or adopted brother. Half brother. No, wait, no, no, because I'm Why did they have the same last name? Did did Tommy Chong adopt both of them? I I think I think Ray Don Chong is is his his actual daughter. He has six children, including Ray Don and Robbie are mentioned here as children, and then Marcus, in brackets, adopted. As far as there you go. Yes, 
but there's okay. there's other children. Right, so as not well. half brother. Yeah, adopted brother. Yes. Okay, but they yeah. they could be like, if you look at them, they could be you know brother and sister. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. I I I I thought I saw resemblance, but I might be wrong. So either way, that's cool. <laughs> but so yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah. Commando, John Matrix, The Matrix. There we go. That's all That's I wanted to stuff. say. Um, mm. And uh, I think we also know we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this because yeah, Marcus I was Chong gonna. I, I was hoping you were gonna bring this up because it's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, he's uh, known for um, filing a lawsuit at the uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. County Superior Court against AOL Time Warner because uh, WB was. Uh, in breach of a 1998 verbal agreement plus a 2000 contract for Tank to be included in the sequels. Oh, and uh, I, oh, totally forgot about this. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. Is that yeah. that's what you were talking about, right? So yeah. they basically uh, sort of uh, breached those agreements. And yeah, just Warner went, Brothers breached those agreements. Hired. Uh, yeah, but apparently, look, his salary, like, um, like his salary demands, kind of screwed everything up, and um, he wasn't notified about any changes and i think that that's about all that happened so he got upset with that the agreement wasn't upheld and um but apparently um his uh, salary demands were also not reasonable to the film's budget either he he reached for the stars and yeah so he them. asked for a lot well more. he i i guarantee you it's not him oh it's no no yeah agent. that's right i was gonna yeah, talk yeah, his, about that. his agent he probably had a bad agent who was like the matrix was a hit if you want him back you're gonna have to get a lot of money that's and he right. probably had no idea that oh, his agent man, did that yeah he probably yeah. would just be excited to get back on the movie because right it's i mean because if you look at his career it's not like he did a lot right mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know, I do, that's I, probably why he felt that felt like he had to sue them because he was just like, I don't, I don't have anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. But there was also Poor some guy. evidence that um, he, like, um, he was um, uh, making threats over the phone after they couldn't pro- properly negotiate a contract with him. So he was actually pers- maybe personally hmm. trying to get someone on the studio to be like, "Hey, come on!" He's making like some pretty. Uh, angry threats there and hmm. i think that kind of um distanced them some more right uh which is my research anyway i don't know like um that's but either way it's a shame is. though because i kind of missed yeah so he, how did they so replace him in the sequel yeah. uh with um uh link, link. Mm-hmm. oh uh, link man yeah right flooded in and it was like what right. his brother another <laughs> brother or what was his it? uh his br- his brother-in-law yeah yeah his yeah, yeah, brother-in-law. yeah because because oh, z his sister yes. was yeah married uh there's that link. whole scene so, is like i have to yeah, go and, yeah and prof- yeah uh, yeah oh boy so yeah so he kind of sued them for for slander <laughs> for 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 okay. you know for written slander but i have to tell you marcus it's not slander slander is spoken on Prendit's libel <laughs> I had to say that. I'm sorry. Good one. <laughs> Dude, enough. Link. I I did not see the sequels. I'm I'm like I'm like a slowpoke here. I'm just looking at the photos. I'm like, yeah, that's Link. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was yeah. mad. But yeah, when the replacement was like, where's Tank? Like he was my hero. Yep. I miss Tank. It's like who I is this man? Too. But yeah, no. Like what you're saying, uh, Scott. It's it's like so. It could be very very true that it's just a crappy agent being a jerk Mm -hmm. and i mean like these things like happen and it's just very sad i mean it would have been nice to have had another character that isn't just morpheus trinity and neo in the in the new films because there's no one else really aside from the bad guys like agent smith or just bad guy right yeah um yeah i mean agents when they have sort of like low-key actors under them like this and then they get in a movie like 
that accidentally blows yes, up yes. like the Matrix did, they can get crazy uh, and, That's true. and think like, oh, this is my shot. Yeah, um, and yeah. then- yeah, just start asking for way too much money, Man. and that's so yeah, um, that agent. Because you were part of, uh, you know, Back to the Future minute. Uh, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit of a similarity there with Crispin Glover. And oh Back yeah, Back to the Future too. Oh yeah, yeah, but that wasn't about money. That was was it about money? He wanted more, right? Yeah, well, he he wanted um, as much as what everyone else was getting. Gotcha. Uh, is all he he just he wanted them to make it right because he was like i was a i was you know the arguably the protagonist of back to the future yeah which i kind um, of agree with yeah yeah and and you want me to come back like i want to be paid as much as you know uh you know uh christopher lloyd and and michael j fox um and i and, think uh, to an extent didn't want to pay them that much well and uh yeah, yeah, and and that was the thing too. Is he was also, from what I understand, he was also sticking up for for Leah Thompson and um, Tom Thomas Wilson. F. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, but they were just like, that's not how this works. Uh, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox are the stars of this movie, and your your role in it is you know smaller um, in these sequels. So we're not going to pay you the same. And yeah, then he uh, basically played like a weird game with them. Where he would be like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take the smaller amount. Why don't uh-huh. you, uh, you know, let's, let's go look at all of the production stuff and everything. And then they'd take him around. They're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're writing you into the script. And he's like, great. And then he would have his agent call and ask for twice as much as he asked before. <laughs> oh, and, okay. Yeah. He just like started trolling the production <laughs> at a certain point. So, uh, okay. Now, Scott, uh, you can, uh, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, you can, what's that word? Silence him. Silence me. me. Shout at me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I watched a recent interview with him and, uh, you know, he, he sort of portrayed it as a, sort of a little bit of a conspiracy kind of theory that the reason why it wasn't even about the money, it was that he kind of disagreed with the message of the first movie, like how it kind of ended, you know, mm-hmm. with him getting the truck and everything. And he voiced his opinion to the creators. And then when the money came up, they were like, oh, it's not worth it. This guy's going to be just like messing with our story. Is that, is that true? Uh, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that in particular. I think that's just him trying to portray himself as the good guy. Yeah. But I do know yeah. that he was, he was trouble on set. Um, because like when they, when they recast him with the with the guy that played him in the makeup um in the sequels uh yeah. they were they they did a test shoot of him and Dean Cundy um was uh you know in charge of the test shoot and trying to make him look like uh Crispin Glover and they basically you know Robert Zemeckis like turned to <laughs> Dean Cundy was like, so what do you what do you think? And Dean Cundy's response was, I think we've got Crispin without any of the trouble. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. Well, this has been a great sidetrack. I'm glad about that. If you want more, listen to Back to the Future Minute. Yeah. We'll be proud I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be that this guy was trouble. It's just it's hard to accept that when you just look at his just smiling face. Like he just seems like such a charming. But I wonder, guy. like, in what <laughs> way? He's a great though. Actor, though. I love all way his he work. was trouble, though. That's what I wonder. Who's Crispin's? Yeah. yeah. Crispin, yeah. I, if if we do believe what he was saying, I guess he was meddling with the vision of the. Yeah, but how know, can he do that? He's an actor. Well, he has you a do that. You, you can do yeah. that. No, I know. But I think you can't like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, and then uh, yeah. what does he say? 
That's about it, right? He just rises up and he's like, if He mentions uh, Link and it's like, Link's home. <laughs> yeah, I Link's home die, in Zion. So then Link will have to with my sisters. With my sisters, he, yeah. There's <laughs> gonna be a great party if if you, if it's your. your oh boy, we're all gonna uh. dance, grind. It's gonna wa- water's gonna fall out of nowhere for some reason. <laughs> Wasn't that just dance sweat? Well, I guess I don't know. I just I just remember. And isn't like like cut between like like a sex scene between Neo and Trinity? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was so yeah. awkward. I don't know. Yeah, I if just... you if you guys if you guys did cover the, that movie, that would be, be a long that four weeks. Be... <laughs> <laughs> That's what that I was thinking. That would be a lot of exactly. a lot of monotone. Like, oh yeah, this this. Yeah, I just That's I, when we I, talk I about years. I could so maybe handle the second up. one. He's back. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I could maybe yeah. handle the second one. Definitely not the third one. I, oh, I that's just I fighting. Really... It's, it's yeah. just like a bunch of neos and like Morpheuses. Not Morpheus. What yeah. <laughs> <Black> Smiths? <laughs> Smiths. So anyway, um, uh, the only thing I could actually talk about in this uh, is that the lighting is very nice. I love. I just love it when there's just one key light and uh, there's a little bit of a backlight, and it's just nice. And it's you know, and there's no there's no fill. You know, it's like a really nice mm-hmm. contrasty look. It's wonderful. It's delightful. Delicious, Philip. Yeah, that's... it is nice. Do we do do we go back to the past? With uh, do we go to nine ninety six? No, because there's really <gasps> nothing. There's nothing oh. different. And Scott, I'm sorry, but like usually we go back to nineteen ninety six. But I was reading the script uh, in in the meantime while you guys were talking, <laughs> and um, I, there's honestly not much to talk about. The unless you want of Zion mentioned. Unless you you know like the only thing um, uh, I could actually say that's of any relevance is that Morpheus goes back to his oh yes Neo I do. I do. Because uh, Neo says, I, I don't believe in fate. And Neo, Morpheus is like, well, I do. I do. After he talks about mm-hmm. his whole uh, prophecy. Mm. 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 Inquisitive. Inquisitive mm. and... Uh, fate. Yeah. Jeez. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. Isn't that the ending of Back to the Future as well? Three. Um, pretty much. Yeah, basically. Future is what you yeah. make it, yeah. Right. I thought it was... Uh, so make it a good one. Flying trains. So make it a good one. That's what that... It is. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, with yeah. that said, I don't think we have anything else to say. Thank you so much, Scott, for being Thanks, Scott. here for these three episodes this whole week. It's been awesome. And Scott, take it away. Thanks you so much for having me, guys. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I love listening to this show. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. Uh, I love listening yeah. to yours. Uh, <laughs> thank all you. Of them. Um, so uh, yeah, you can find all my stuff at duelinggenre.com uh, and also uh, I'm on social media at Scott Corelli on all all of the all of the social medias. <laughs> oh, nice. Stuff. And yeah, you can. Get us on the Matrix. Oh man, I'm always so bad about this. Uh, you can find us. The you Matrix. Can do it. You can do it. Come on. Come on. The Matrix Minute at no thematrixminute.com. <laughs> How do you do this? There I don't know. Go. I just blank go. out every single time. Thematrixminute.com and uh ask, dot com or dot one. Ah! <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Ah, that's um, so great. Okay, thematrixminute.one. <laughs> There we there go. You go. <laughs> then, if you want to ask us any question, particularly in episode 47, which is this episode, right? 
Yes, it is. 47? Sir. 47. In my serious <laughs> voice, you can go to ask at the matrix minute dot one. We'll see you there. Wait, no, 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 no. That's the email. Yeah. We're doing the sure. question on oh, Facebook. The, oh, yeah, the group. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Uh, the group will be the Matrix Minute Collective. I forget what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brand new name. The Matrix oh, no. Minute Collective. Jacob, well, you, you do it this now time. Now we have to make well, we This have to is make it. The page. We have it. It's great. I we don't know what everything. my problem is. I'm out of water. Join us at the Matrix Minute Collective. <laughs> Where we collect the money and uh, and your soul. Deliver nothing. <laughs> Please tie to the Matrix Minute. Thank you, Scott, one more time uh, for joining us. Uh, it was great, and we appreciate your presence. You have graced yes. this podcast with yep. awesome comments and awesome observations. I really we enjoyed We have learned much you. from Indeed. you. Indeed. I second this. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Bye. Adios. Bye. Sweet. Adios. Adios.